Global people, welcome to the Hollywood Hill podcast. I am the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo, and I'm joined by the divine voice himself, Henron. Yo, what's going on, dude? What's going on, brother man? Coming at you with another hot episode. Pretty decent little SmackDown show. I enjoyed it. What'd you think? Well, you know, it's... uh it is currently November 19th as we are recording this. And I declare on this day that the New York Jets football season is over. Uh, that's kind of relevant, I think. So I'm just in a sour mood because of that. So I'm just going to shit on absolutely everything this episode. I'm just going to give everybody a heads up on that. <laughs> there, There is some stuff that deserves a little bit of poop thrown at it. I will definitely agree with you there. Um, I, I think we got a Zia Lee segment to shit on somewhere. Oh my god. We need to get some more Xylee action, but not NXT oh, Xylee action. Yeah, don't don't do this to me, bro. Like, no, no, we we don't we don't need any of it. <laughs> but let's go over SmackDown. SmackDown wasn't too bad. SmackDown is coming from Evansville, Indiana, which apparently is kinda close to Indianapolis, just down the road, is revealed later in the show. Um I, you know, now it's got me thinking of like what arena they're in. If I had to guess, I'd have to look this up, but I'm going to guess that they're in the Pacers, Indiana Pacers arena. That's just pure speculation on my part. Um, we open it up with the most dominant faction on SmackDown, Damage Control. We've also got Road Dog on guest commentary with, uh, uh, our our boy Corey Graves still on paternity leave. Uh, Rogue Dog kind of sucked to be honest with you. Nowhere near KO. I could have done without him. He had one good line later in the night, which I'll call out when we get to that point. But we've got Kyrie going extra hard. Kyrie and Oscar both going extra hard in the ring, dancing to the damage control music. It was kind of making the other girls laugh a little bit. And Bailey is proclaiming that Asuka joining Damage Control was her plan all along. Right, guys? Right? Bailey's making some jokes. The other girls aren't very impressed. And then they start talking in Japanese, like they're just kind of like making fun of Bailey or something. And they laugh at her and all giggle. And we got we got fucking useless Dakota Kai over here pretending that she understood what what was being said. You know, I'm going to have to look into this just to make sure that Dakota Kai can actually speak Japanese, but she's sure as shit pretending like she can. Um, and she's saying it ain't official yet. Asuka still needs to be inducted. They bring out a little t-shirt for her, and she giddily accepts it. And then Dakota Kai also reveals, which, you know, again, like they're doing shit behind Bailey's back or whatever, or, or like starting to take matters into their own hands. She reveals that they officially challenge Team Charlotte, as I originally called it, come to find out that I'm wrong later on, uh, to War Games and that they need to find a fourth member. While they're doing all of this, we get Shotzi's music comes on. The tank comes out by itself as a decoy, and then Shotzi slides in the ring to ambush them. Charlotte and Bianca follow shortly thereafter, and uh, that's how we open the show. Was it just me? Like, obviously, we knew this is what was going to happen. We knew, like, we've been saying this is our women's war game match for so long. But why Why the hell did they just, out of the blue, all of a sudden, oh, by the way, war games match 
four women. We got it set up and it's going to happen. So we challenge you. Yeah. And I'm like, that it felt rushed and out of nowhere in the context of them just doing it because it's like, there's no real reason other than, oh, we know that this pay-per-view is coming up, so let's just do it. It doesn't feel, I don't know, like genuine. Like, I, I guess this is all just like a scripted TV show and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I don't know, like ma- make it feel different. But Bailey kind of, you know, felt like the little outside person here. They're really teasing her. You know, with you know, one of one member, one person in this ring is not a member of Damage Control, and she got real worried. But they was talking about Oscar, and I don't, I don't know Dakota's part in this. Like, obviously, they're eventually gonna turn or leave Bailey in the dust. And is Dakota gonna continue with them? Is she gonna continue to be like the mouthpiece, or are they gonna turn on her too? Uh, and she can't even like wrestle, so I'm just gonna assume she's gonna continue to be their mouthpiece. But I don't know, man. This this I didn't like this. Yeah, so that's my number one takeaway from all of this is like obviously they're gonna oust Bailey. She's gonna get the edge in Judgment Day treatment here relatively shortly. I don't know how shortly, to be honest with you. I could be Survivor Series, could be later. I'm not really sure. Um, but. All I know is that Dakota Kai cannot be the mouthpiece for these girls. They need to get somebody else. I don't know who it's going to be. Um, you know, there's still rumors about WWE signing Julia, but my understanding is her English isn't any better than EO, Asuka, or Kyrie's. So that ain't going to be an answer. You know, maybe, maybe it's going to be your girl Zia Lee. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I just, we'll see. I mean, in reality, they don't need a mouthpiece. The three of them, uh, Kyrie, EO, and Asuka can just come out there, be themselves, whoop ass. They're going to get cheered. They're going to get booed. Everybody's going to love it. It's going to be great entertainment. They don't really need to talk, but we'll see, I guess. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we still got this whole situation going on with team bianca i guess is what it's actually being referred to backstage they're talking strategy about the fourth member they keep insinuating that charlotte knows somebody who may or may not be down and you know she she might need to make a phone call here shortly nick aldis shows up again sharply dressed kudos man uh and he says that he needs to know whoever the fourth member is by the end of the night and then i also read that we we catch a glimpse of cody rhodes and nick aldis's office but i didn't see that i had to read about that did you catch that not in the office there was a backstage segment when aldis kicks him out but i didn't see an office segment yeah, I read that like you. It was teased earlier in the show that you caught a glimpse of him or something. I I don't know. I didn't catch it. Um, I rewatched this one on Hulu, so I don't know if it was like during a picture-in-picture picture shot or something. I don't I don't know. But I read about it, and then yeah, we get the shot later on. But if I would have caught that, it would have obviously foreshadowed a little bit better into some of the things that we've got coming later on in the night. 
as I've already outlined, pretty much either the entire women's SmackDown roster is already involved in this situation or they're injured other than I specifically mentioned two names and we're going to see both of those names later on in the night, Mi Chin and Zelina Vega. So their options are limited, although I think we already spoiled who it was because there were rumors and the rumors turned out to be quite true. But I mean, what, what were you thinking in this moment? Yeah, I mean, we we knew it was gonna happen. Is Charlotte has no friends? Who the hell else you gonna call? Who's the only other person that she's ever been associated with? It ain't Sasha Banks, you know what I'm saying? So like, who else you gonna never know? Nah, like, I mean, you never know. Yeah, I agree with you, but there just wasn't any any circulation or hype about that, you know. So we knew who it was, and number one. If you're going to tell Charlotte to make the call and Charlotte's like, oh, I don't know. Like, but oh, I'll make the call, but I don't know. She'll be here. So like, okay, I guess that's the reason for you to continue looking. But it kind of seemed like Charlotte had it on lockdown. And then Bianca's like, I guess I'll find somebody. And then y'all just don't care about Shotzi enough to even ask her if she's got any friends or if she wants to go look for somebody. They were like, nah, we ain't going to bother. And what's the rush with all this? Charlotte. (laughs) <laughs> what's Charlotte gonna do? I don't know, man. But what what's the what's the rush, Nick Aldis? Like, why does it have to be tonight? The pay per view ain't tomorrow. Like, it you, almost you, is, though. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, it was already rushed. You gotta rush him even more. Like that, uh, what, what, like unnecessary timelines to make this more dramatic than it needed to be. Yeah, the only. Um... The only thing that I'll be interested in is if they do turn this into a five-on-five. Five. I I haven't seen any rumors or anything, um, but that could completely throw a wrench in all of this and and surprise us because then now each side's got to find one more, and I just hope it's not Zaylee. Um After this, we get our first match of the night. We had... A tag team triple threat match to determine the number one contender for the undisputed, unified, universal, two-on-one tag team championship belts. We had the Street Profits versus Pretty Deadly versus Brawling Brutes. What do you got? Yeah, and it was kind of a toss-up. This one was a little bit longer, and I enjoy these multi-man kind of clusterfuck matches i i might say this might have edged out being match of the night for me there was another match that i was extremely high on but i think this might have just edged it out but it was a fun match it was a not your classic triple threat um tag team match when you know only two people were in the ring at the same time it was in my opinion a proper three-way tag team match where a member from each team is present inside the ring so it's essentially a three-way at all times and that's that's what i like to see because you can get a lot more fun spots involved when you're doing things like that which we got um it it was kind of clunky at the start because elton prince just kind of was crawling around while the the other two were just fighting and it was kind of like a weird start but once we got into it we actually got into it and I, like there were so many different tag team moves and double team moves 
utilized by teammates and non-teammates. It it was just really good. Um, we got some great yes boy action. I was very excited to see Pretty Deadly back as well. But you know, you can expect what you can expect from a lot of these individuals. Ridge the Fridge was doing his big man stuff. You know, he hit a like two people, two person suplex at one point, which was great. He's still over here trying to kill Elton Prince. Like they they need to separate those two. I'd get a restraining order. Uh Butch was going crazy when he was hitting his comebacks. Like he was he was at, he was probably the most entertaining as far as action wise goes in the match because he was kind of like a Tasmanian devil. He was just all over the place. It was really nice, really fun. Um, we had a nice little double team on Ridge that he he ate a frog splash from Tez and then a leg drop um, from I believe Elton Prince, and that was that was a nice little double up right there. But essentially, the uh, the big thing in the match was. Um, pretty deadly was able to dodge out of the way. I believe again, Elton Prince, which allowed Butch to hit Ridge with a bro kick. He was stunned. Butch was stunned. Um, Street Profits come in there, send everybody out of the ring to hit the revelation on Ridge the Fridge for the one, two, three, and we get the win of Street Profits. Um, we looks like we're getting some dissension between the brutes. Uh, they were, you know, Ridge was not happy that this happened and he kind of didn't really look up, acknowledge, shake the hand of Butch. He, you know, was kind of disgusted, held his neck, got out of there. We get Bobby Lashley congratulating the Street Profits at the top of the ramp. And I still don't know where this Bobby Lashley BFAB thing is going because they'd show that they were both, you know, watching this match we see bobby first and then we see her bfab show up and she says something like you know you you made them or you know they're they're good but and it, i don't know like is bobby gonna turn on the street profits and then we're gonna get it, them back faces that quickly i it, this it felt kind of where the hell is this going with her yeah that's it's a kind of weird situation. I'm not really into the situation. Um, I am glad the Street Profits won at least, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, what I liked the most about this match was like, it, and this is kind of a rarity on the main roster sometimes, we actually had three legitimate tag teams, not like two random singles competitors thrown together. You know what I mean? Like, these are three groups that essentially like put their work in as tag teams i mean pretty deadly especially i don't think i've ever seen any of them in singles action brawling brutes you'll see them separately from time to time street profits mostly so like we had three legitimate tag teams together and uh, we don't get to say that very often so i enjoyed that part of it and um i as far as any time that there's like dissension within a group now i'm just going to call it the the triple h special because healer he he just does it with every group yeah so i some of it i don't fully buy into some of it i do buy into um i don't think there's anything though like with 
the brawling brutes, maybe with Bobby Lashley, because we've already seen friction there and him be kind of unhappy with them. But I mean, I, I guess there's an opportunity for Tyler Bate if you do break up Butch and Ridge. And, you know, I, I don't know where Seamus is on his rehab journey. Um, but it, put, it puts options there, I suppose. Yeah, you know, um, they've got to do something with Tyler Bates, so this could be an opportunity for that. they got to bring Sheamus back at some point, so this could be an opportunity for that. But I I feel like Ridge could be a star. Um, the guy's big. He could throw people around. He's got a great move set. You know, I mean, shit, man. The way he was acting out there, like, he kind of reminded me a little bit of Brock Lesnar. Uh, I don't know that I'd go that far. I I do enjoy Ridge. Um, he's not like he's not as intimidating of a human being as Brock, in my opinion. You know, so like we haven't seen a, a extensive amount of him on the microphone. And and what makes up for Brock on the microphone is just how scary of a human being he is. And while Ridge is impressive and intimidating, he's not like Brock impressive and intimidating. So I don't know how to go that far. But um, I don't know. I think out of all of the shit that we discussed, I would be most excited for Tyler Bate in the situation. And as we'll see later on tonight, they haven't been shy lately about bringing people up from NXT. And I hope that what we're you know about to get into, I hope that it's actually them moving up and not just a one-off. Uh, I I have some theories and thoughts on that, which we'll get to when we get to that match. But we get a backstage glimpse of Damage Control beating down Mi Chin to make sure that she's not the fourth for Team Bianca. And then we get a recap of the Santos heel turn. It's also revealed that Rey Mysterio had knee surgery. Um, I've seen it reported that he's kind of been dealing with this injury for for possibly as long as months. And uh, so it sounds like, you know, we were saying, hey, it would be nice for Rey to get a break here. And it sounds like that's what's happening. Um, Obviously not great to see under these contexts, but uh, he is at least getting getting some rest, some good old R&R for Rey Mysterio. Yeah, they said he's going to be out several months. So, well, I guess we'll catch you back uh, for WrestleMania, buddy. Yep, yep. Uh, I don't think he'll be... I mean, he could be one of the surprise entrances for Rumble, I suppose. Um, you know, I, I think... Brock is going to probably be one because that's already been rumored about. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see when we get there. But now we get a shot of Dragon Lee in Nick Aldis's office saying that he wants to avenge Rey Mysterio. And he's like, listen, listen, kid, you just got here. So, you know, what we can do is I'll bring up Axiom so you can show us what you can do and we'll go from there. And I'm like, what 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 if show us what you can do? What are the matches? I'm I'm not complaining about this match because it was match of the night, but that line was just weird to me. Like, oh, you know, I'll 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 bring somebody up so you can show us what you. What the fuck has the dude been doing for the past few months, man? 
Yeah, and all this, I, I'm I'm a fan of the guy. Um, I believe he uh, he spoke Spanish to <laughs> to him uh, during the segment here, and I was like, all right, shout out. You know, he's trying down for the culture, but in what world do we have? Dragon Lee coming to you asking, I want to avenge uh, Rey Mysterio. Let me do that. I'm a fan of him. And all this is, you know what? Can't give you that, even though that guy who you want to fight doesn't have a match tonight and he's here. So there's no reason that I can't give you that. But you know what I can give you? Let me find another Hispanic heritage person. who's also a Rey Mysterio fan, who's also a good guy. How about you beat him up? And then if you beat him up well enough, maybe you can fight the guy that you actually want to fight. What are you talking about all this? That did not come across like right to me, but I'm glad that he did it because this match was fucking great. Yeah. uh, Context was a little weird, but you know what? The match made it worth it. So take it away. Man, this match, this is crazy. Like, oh my God, they had a, uh, they're just starting off some good, you know, mat wrestling. Dragon Lee, like, hit a unique pin. He threw the guy against the ropes and then jumped at him in, like, wheelbarrow. So, like, he jumped at him legs first and then, like, dove, you know, tucked and rolled through to roll the other guy over into a pin. I don't know. It was super unique. I've never seen that before. Um, And then, you know, Dragon Lee does that stomp off the top turnbuckle while the guy's holding himself up onto the ropes. I hate that move. Alberto Del Rio used to do that. It looks so set up. Like, they're just, they're holding themselves up so you can stomp on them. It looks dumb. I hate it. I don't like it. Stop doing it. Do everything else. Um... Dragon Lee hit a, a giant brain buster right on the guy's head. Um, he hit an exploder through the guy right on his head. Um, Axiom was about to eat the last ride power bomb that Dragon Lee likes to do, grabbing the, the waistband and picking the man up. And Axiom flipped over his head and hit him with the Canadian Destroyer. That was disgusting. We had Axiom hitting the top rope Spanish fly. That was disgusting. Uh, Dragon Lee eventually hits a one-arm powerbomb and threw the guy down right on his neck and the back of his head. Oh my god, it was so gross. And then he hits what we've been calling for weeks, the Destino, and complaining and moaning about what's the name of this move. Operation Dragon is so bad. That's such a shitty name, Operacion. And then they kept trying to say it in Spanish, and they don't even know what dragon is in Spanish. I don't, right? But like, don't come on commentary, act like you do, road dog. Like you just, just stop. One, two, three, right? We, uh, he, he smashes this guy right on top of his head. Um, there was some respect after the match. Is I hope they move Axiom up because this was a great showing for both individuals. Yeah, and and also when it comes to like you know presence on the main roster, obviously a big thing that I feel like holds people down is like an inability to hold it down on the microphone. Whereas Axiom, like his English is fantastic. You you wouldn't you wouldn't even know that he's from Spain, and uh, 
like the dude can mega go in the ring and I feel like he can mega go with big guys, small guys. Um, this was a phenomenal match, great Lucha style match. There were, there were several moments where commentary like didn't even know what to call half the moves, didn't know the names, didn't know if they had names. I agree. Apparition dragon is, uh, is terrible. Um, they can do a lot better. Why don't we let KO name it? I think that should be the strategy here. Like, let's get Kevin Owens out and be like, yo, name this shit for us. Yeah. Um, Kevin, and this this episode suffered from a lack of Kevin Owens, but we do get to see him next week. So I guess I guess I can look forward to that. Yeah, next week we're getting him as the special guest on the Grayson Waller effect. He's going to get the good old Grayson Waller rub, and uh, that should be extra spicy. But next up, we've got Santos Escobar coming out. You know, not not to explain himself, not to apologize, I, I guess to just address the crowd. So when he first made his entrance, there was very little crowd reaction. There were like no boos, no cheers, not really much. I mean, some thumbs down, but like, hey, whatever. Uh, and then he gets to the ring. But when he starts to speak, he gets booed pretty heavily. I was like, there we go. Now, now we're giving it to him. Tells us the old cliche line, uh, never meet your heroes. Um, talks about how Ray became a father figure to him. But you know what? In the end, Dom Mysterio was right about him. It should have been him, Santos, who was the U.S. champion. He was the one who wanted to rebuild the LWO, but Ray came in and took it over. He says a bunch of stuff in Spanish. I don't know. Uh, and Ray sided with Carlito over him. And again, I'm like, what? When did this happen? Because... I, it didn't happen on our screens, just saying. Um, he apologizes to the crowd for not doing more damage to Ray and hopes that they have to amputate his leg from an infection or some shit. I was like, yo, he's going in deep here. Zelina Vega comes out to slap his ass. Joaquin and uh, Raul, which I was like, isn't that Cruz del Toro? Like, what are we calling the dude at this point? Now I'm really confused. Uh, they come out to escort her out, but Santos calls him out. They go to the ring. He, he basically tries to recruit them to no effect. They're like, nah, man, you went too far. And then they turn around. He ambushes them, and Carlito comes out to make the save. And then we learn later on in the night that is our fifth match for Survivor Series, Santos Escobar versus Carlito. I'm pegging it now. This is going to be the shortest match of the night and going to be probably the worst match of the night. Yeah, I feel like this is the pre-show match, right? Um, <laughs> but this, for me, segment of the night. Um, Santos has gained a thousand Henron points for his performance here in this little segment. Dominic was right. Never meet your heroes. I can't believe you chose Carlito over me. That surgery line and hope that to amputate your leg. Yo, that was the best. He said, I hope you never come back. LWO crying. We knew Zelina was going to slap him. It, it was a good slap. It was quality slappage that she had right there. Uh, yeah, Joaquin and Raul come out, right? And I was like, you, I, did, I forgot his name was Cruz del Toro. That's probably why I always, for, always forget it. His, his first name or 
His name originally, when he when he first joined, from my memory, was Raul Mendoza. When I first saw him, I believe he was in the 2016 Cruiserweight Classic, and he lost against uh, Brian Kendrick. Yikes! And at the time, he had braces, and there was a spot where Brian Kendrick somehow made the guy bite the bottom rope, and then he kicked the rope. And then since he had braces, they were like, oh, my God. <laughs> and like that's like I'll never forget that when I see that guy, I see that spot that will never leave my memory. But he shits on these guys. You know, they come down to the ring. He's like, I made you like, are you going to come back, you know, and join me? You're going to stick with these idiots. You know, he's like, I, I don't need you. I never needed you. You're dead weight. He tells them to go and they go. And then he attacks them from behind because they're idiots. And he it's like dominoes, like fucking bowling pins. He hits one guy and then he falls into the other guy like the fucking three stooges. Like, come on, y'all are jokes. Don't be that big of a joke. Carlito comes out. He he's, you know, Santos runs away. I like I like Santos's suit as well. I, you know, I was a fan. I I agree. I liked Santos in this segment. Um, but yeah, Joaquin and Raul kind of killed it for me. And like I'm mega on the fence about Carlito since he's come back. Um and this whole thing of just oh Ray sided with Carlito over me. I just don't fucking get it, dude. Like when did that actually happen? Uh I 100% agree with you. It was kind of weird. I don't, I like I don't really know why he's that mad cuz I feel like if you're going to turn on the guy, like you put the brass knuckles there, you, this is all going to come out and be planned. I don't know why all of a sudden it's like he t- like he betrayed you. That's what? Yeah, like that's the only thing he did was call him out and then like I, Ray didn't even really side with him at that point. He, he just like kind of kept him apart. So it was like, uh, I just don't understand this. Um, anyway, we get a glimpse of Road Dog with the Colts belt. And uh, Kevin Patrick is saying something. This, this is Road Dog's line of the night. Uh, Kevin Patrick is saying something and he's like, hey, are you even listening to me? And he's like, Nah, dude, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> it's just like that was that was it. If there was any one thing that you contributed positively to this show, Road Dog, it was that fucking line. Yeah, I'd say about eighty percent of his existence was irrelevant, right? But it was the small things like that. But speaking of speaking of belts, right? There was a random segment that I had to do some some personal research on because it looked weird to me. In the bottom of the screen, right, they just had an advertisement for, I don't remember what the hell they were doing, right? It was like, sign up, do something, and you could win a a signed WWE belt signed by The Undertaker. And then I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty nifty, but whatever. Like, I I don't care that much. Like, I'm not going to sign up for it. I don't even know what it was about. But it was also signed by five other wrestlers. Uh, These wrestlers were Bobby Lashley, uh, Edris Sanofe. Wesley, Montez Ford, and Ashanti the Adonis. And I'm like, 
that's really weird. Like th- those are that's a weird group of five individuals in the Undertaker, especially with you know kind of the well, did you see it, Did you see why it was those five? Yes, yes, I did. Okay. Then yeah, it, yeah. at that point it made sense. Yeah, yeah. Then it made sense, and I and that was also I had to look it up because I I didn't know that all five of them were veterans. You know, we had Wesley who's in the Air Force, Bobby Lashley in the Army, Montez Ford was a Marine, um, Ashanti the Adonis was in the Army in Afghanistan, and Edgesinofe was in the Navy. During my research, small little story here about Bobby Lashley that I thought was incredibly interesting. During his time in the Army, he won gold and silver in the little military freestyling, uh, freestyle wrestling stuff, right? But in 2003, while he was in Colorado Springs uh, training for the 2004 Olympics to wrestle for Team USA, he witnessed a bank robbery, had to dive to uh, dive for cover to avoid gunfire, blew out his knee, requiring surgery, which ended his career, and he was not able to participate in the Olympics. How crazy is that? And like that's probably what led him right into WWE, TNA, and everything. That is a wild ride. And I wonder who was in the 2004 Olympics that, you know what I'm saying? Like who wrestled that year? Because that's probably who he would have been wrestling, you know? I don't know. I mean, that might be like, uh, I mean, that's way too late to be Kurt Angle years. It could be in line with Chad Gable years. So like, but you know, shout out, you know, always respect the veterans. Oh, you know, I, I love all those individuals. Well, I don't know about Edris and Ofe and Ashanti the Adonis. But I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not super familiar with those guys. I can't say that. Right. But I got always big ups for Bobby Tez and even Wesley, you know, so I, I like to see shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we got some Wesley action to go over later in this episode. Um, next, we get a shot of Bianca trying to recruit Zelina Vega. And again, I was like, yeah, it's funny. Those are the only two women that I suggested were actually available. Um, But here we are. And then right after that, we get a backstage shot of damage control laying out Zelina Vega. So I guess I guess that's not happening. I guess Charlotte's going to have to make that call. Uh, Yeah. Oh, go on. No, no, no. That's it. Yeah. And I was going to say with. yeah, Bianca gonna roll up. She sees all the drama going on with LWO, and she's like, "Oh yeah, Zelina, I forgot she exists." That's probably what the hell she thought. And then she's like, "Yeah, yeah, Zelina, I like, I'm sorry, whatever happened to you? I don't care. I got bigger issues <laughs> on my team. Like, that's not. We didn't hear what she said, but in my head, like, that's what I'm saying." is actually what happened. Because how do you see somebody, quote unquote, their family breaking up and turning on each other, but you're like, no, 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 no. Just shut the fuck up. And <laughs> listen to what I got going on. Awesome uh, stepbrother shit. Uh, but yeah, she got her ass beat too. Yeah. And we're down to whoever it is going to be on the other side of the phone from Charlotte Flair. Um. Uh, after this, we've got the bloodline coming out and addressing the crowd. Uh, the crowd is saying Paul Heyman's name here. He, he wasn't getting awfully booed. This was a rather long segment, to be honest. Um, he's, he's there to honor Solo Sokoa, the triumph of Solo Sokoa and his victory over the not-goat John Cena. 
He trolls the crowd by trying to introduce John Cena, except John Cena ain't there. Why is he not there? It's thanks to Solo. And maybe he'll never be there again. And he goes through this whole thing about this happens thanks to Solo, thanks to Solo, thanks to Solo. And, uh, you know, he says that, you know, I'm, we're, we're going to say goodbye to John Cena. And we're going to say goodbye to all of you, the crowd, on behalf of John Cena. Heyman was fucking on one tonight, but it was just really redundant. And he just kind of said the same shit for 10 minutes until finally we get Lanite interrupting. Saying that Roman Reigns is only champion because of the bloodline. So... L.A. Knight knows what he needs to do. He needs to destroy the bloodline so he can take down Roman. And it starts with Jimmy later on tonight. And it's going to move on down the line until only Roman is left. He calls Heyman uh, MC Boss Hog. And then he drops some bars. He says, yeet or no yeet. Jim is him. But Jim is about to really dim. After all the drama... He eats the BFT, the blunt force trauma. Yeah. Man, you saying it right now is 10 times better than the way he put it out there. It started off okay. You know, yeet or no yeet, Jim is him. Jim going to be real dim. And then after that, it, 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 it just was bad. Like, I was like, it felt like he was struggling to push it out but at the same time it's la night so like like i like i say it literally doesn't matter what the guy says he can go out there he can say skiddly deep boop boop bop yeah and the crowd's gonna go crazy like and this is not even a joke so i and oh my god i don't i guess we live in an alternate universe when it comes to the bloodline because everything that happens, it's like we're stuck in the time force because you just get sucked in and then we just go and we back up and we do it again and we back up and we do it again. So I, we're, I mean, we're going to see what Cena solo when Cena eventually comes back. We're going to see Roman LA Knight again when Roman decides to come back because there's nobody else to fight him. Like, And we're going to watch LA Knight fight jimmy again i swear to god we've seen this match six times in the past six weeks i swear didn't i swear they just fought last week what's am i crazy i have a feeling we're gonna get really bored of this situation and that's why i'm super super grateful for damage control because to me they're gonna be the centerpiece for literally the greater part of five plus years or however long it's been that we've been cooking this bloodline saga. They've been the focus. And now it's damage control. It feels weird, but it also feels refreshing. Because like I said, this is going to get stale real quick. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not gonna it already is stale in my opinion. Um I am I'm eager to see where damage control goes. Shit, I'm more interested to see this whole Street Profits thing, it seems like that's taken off somewhere. We got Kevin Owens versus uh, A-Town Down Under. That's that's taken off somewhere. You know, LWO. I feel like SmackDown is still the more story-oriented show, and I, I kind of care about all these storylines, except for this one when 
previously it was kind of the opposite when just you know good good job at them knowing when one one side's flopping you got to pick it up in all the other areas um but yeah uh my only last note is paul Heyman, great um calling out the five moves of doom and you, you, just, you can't just say that that's, that's supposed to be hidden bro and uh do 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 like he was he was on one today he certainly was and you know i other than how redundant it got i did enjoy it it just it felt like a lot of the same thing over and over and over and over and i eventually got to a point where i was like okay like somebody's either gonna just somebody save this segment because i was getting tired of it maybe that's just me but it is paul Heyman after all so he makes it somewhat interesting yeah, it it was it was too much for me, and I was taking notes on other things. Evidently, the Big Twelve Championship Conference game. I guess the MVP of that game is going to get a WWE belt. So, are they trying to get into the college game now? We're going to see a belt for every college team. No way. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, and I loved how they they worded it too. They're like, the NCAA is partnering with WWE, and I'm like, yo, they're just giving them a fucking belt. Like, <laughs> is that is that really a partner? Like, if it is, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, maybe, maybe there's weird definitions to things nowadays or something that I don't, I don't know, I don't understand. But yeah, they're partners now. Um, we end up backstage again with Team Bianca saying that hey, with no Zelina, there's no more options. Charlotte needs to make the call. She'll be making the call. And then we get into our match main event. Him Jim versus La Knight. Take it away, sir. So uh, um, one quick comment on the whole girls segment, uh, Team Bianca. What do you mean? I guess I'm going to make the call now. We've been on a deadline, Charlotte. But I'm, I'm done with that. And speaking of phone calls, we start this match off with a phone call that I missed. But thank you, commentary, for letting me know what happened. Uh, right as the match starts, Paul Heyman's like, we the ones. But he's like walking away. And I believe Michael Cole's like, yeah, it looks like he just got a phone call. I can only assume that was Roman Reigns making the call and telling him what to do. And we see Paul Heyman and Solo leave Jimmy out there by himself to fight. L.A. Knight again. And they pretty much had the same match. I could probably close my eyes and uh, tell you what happened. They got in a fight. It was slow and methodical. Um, LA Knight was beating him down. Jimmy slid out of the ring because he was scared. Jimmy's head got bounced off of the announce table while the crowd chanted, chanted yeah. Uh, they got back in the ring. They fought up top for a little bit. LA Knight got pushed off the top. And guess what he did? He jumped right back up there. <laughs> he didn't hit the superplex this time. And this is kind of what led to the finish. Uh, Jimmy jumped off and LA Knight dodged him. LA Knight tried to hit the BFT. He got out of that. Um, Jimmy tried to kick him. LA Knight dodges that. And then he hits the BFT for the one, two, three. And now Solo comes out. And then, you know, Jimmy uh, attacks LA Knight from behind now because he got distracted by Solo after the match. And then Ellen Knight's outside. He eats the uh, uwa. He eats the spike from Solo. So I guess his career is over. 
solos over there clearing the announce table. I guess we're gonna put them. We're gonna table them, as my boy uh, Von Wagner likes to say. <laughs> he does a piss poor job at clearing this table. He goes back three times, and there's still all the monitors and wires on there. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? You you're trying to hurt this guy. You like you can't do that. That's some. Uh, that's some Randy Orton shit. Like Randy Orton wouldn't even clear off the table for the Singh brothers. God, that was so bad. Um, can't wait till that guy comes back. And uh, we get Cody out of literally nowhere. I didn't even know you were allowed here. You don't have the belts anymore, so you can't travel show to show. Don't you have a tag team partner who's a friend who also hates these guys, but you came by yourself? Uh, what? I And I, I have no clue about no Nick Aldis backstage segment earlier ever so like this is just so random and weird and it's making the storyline even more convoluted they're just like don't forget this is the story we're telling i don't care what are we talking about here this whole thing was really weird um but the only thing that i guess i liked about it there were two things was how they left jimmy hanging in the beginning I thought that was very interesting because, you know, Jim Jim has been kind of running rogue a little bit, calling his own shots, calling the audibles, so to speak. Um, and maybe maybe he's going to start paying the price for it. Maybe. And also, like, I don't, I don't know what I thought. But I was maybe a little worried that we weren't going to get Cody Roman at WrestleMania. Maybe I was worried that we are literally burying Roman Reigns with this belt. But this was the small sliver of hope that I needed that that's not going to be the case and that you know Cody Rhodes is going to take this belt from Roman Reigns eventually. WrestleMania? Maybe. Maybe later because they they'd have to wait until like... I don't remember what the calculation is. Maybe later than SummerSlam next year to have him break Hogan's record or something. Uh, I I don't know. But this was the, just the slight little nod of the hat that, like, okay, this is still the master plan. Yeah, I like, I guess that put some spice to this because if they just beat down LA Knight, like I honestly didn't even expect anybody to come out. I figured they're just gonna beat him and the show was gonna end. And and this was the main event. I thought the show was gonna end, but this, there was still like another half hour of the freaking show. It felt like after this, like I was like about to turn my TV off and I was like, oh, I guess we're doing a little a little dealio here, but it was a lot more than that. Yeah, man. We needed that fourth member of Team Bianca. So before we get to that, we get uh, Nick Aldis having Cody Rhodes backstage, and he's like, "Yeah, dog, you need you need to leave." And I'm like, "Yo, you find our boy main event Jey Uso, but not Cody Rhodes. Like, is Cody too important to find? Like, what what is what's going on here? Like, in inconsistency. That's all I want from referees in any sport or officials in any sport." is I just want all the rules enforced consistently and evenly. And that is certainly not the case from one Nick Aldis. Just saying. And and a, a quick sidebar on that. Now, I'll preface all this by I'm, I'm purely speaking in jest, and these are all sarcastic comments. But 
uh, there there has been consistency because look, he find Jey Uso, he had Axiom and Dragon Lee fighting each other, but Cody got off Scott clean and free. Hmm, it seems like there might be two groups of individuals. <laughs> Ooh, are you going there? Are you going there? Oh, but as I say, I speak in jest, but you know, like, come on, Aldis, come on, brother. <laughs> are, are you pulling some like, uh, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I was going to reference a, a popular YouTuber that's recently been trying to get canceled that always resorts to, to, making it about something that it's not to just stir up shit and I was going to go there but I was like you know what maybe I shouldn't go there because we are the Hollywood heels after all we hate everybody equally let's be honest this is true this is true <laughs> especially if your name's Ailey <laughs> uh, so we finally get to the announcements of the fourth member I thought it was a little weird that they all got their fucking entrances for it. You know, Team Bianca comes out. We get Bianca Belair's entrance. And then we get Shotzi's entrance. And then we get bow down to the queen. I was like, yo, they're just making an announcement. Like, is this really fucking necessary? But anyway, we get into the ring and Charlotte's, you know, she, she knows a thing or two about turning on a best friend. And there's a thin line between love and hate. But when it comes to war, there's only one person that she wants on her side. If it wasn't already obvious, it's pretty obvious at this point. But damage control interrupts and they're like, hey, there ain't nobody left on the roster. It looks like nothing's going to happen. You know, you ain't going to make it to Survivor Series. Damage control goes to take out the face team in the ring when the man, Becky Lynch, slides in the back of the ring as the fourth member and i was fucking disappointed because we didn't get music like we got these long ass fucking entrances for everybody on team bianca coming out to the ring and then becky shows up in surprise and we don't even get her music like come on I felt like that took half the pop away from it because you could you could see and hear the audience reacting to somebody getting ready to get in the ring. Again, we all knew who it was at this point, but it would have hit better with music. Just saying. A brawl ensues. Charlotte and EO end up hitting double moonsaults on the whole group of women outside the ring. And then they just stand there and stare each other down for a bit and then attack each other. And yeah, we basically just go off the air to chaos. Yeah, the entrances were long and unnecessary. Why was Charlotte in her ring gear? Like, like <laughs> you gotta hit that moonsault, yo. Like that was that was random to me. Um, Charlotte said, "What did she say? You you, you just said it." She said, "Like, oh, I know something about turning on a best friend." And I was like, "Pause. What? <laughs> you know." Don't say that. Um, I like I like Bailey's line of "We know you didn't call anybody because you don't have any numbers in your phone because you're an idiot and a loser." <laughs> that killed me. I love that. Bailey's um, like a Disney villain with like, "You're stupid and you smell." You know what I mean? Like those are her insults. I yeah that that shit was that shit killed me right there. I got a, I got a, I forgot at the start of the show, 
Shots, he was uh, talking when they were doing the whole, talking about making the phone calls or finding their partner. Shots, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm really mad. I want to kick their butts." And that was so bad. And then she has her entrance, and she's like, "Like the entrance, as we've talked about, go and get your ass kicked." But you want to kick their butts, okay, Shotzi. You don't even know the lyrics to your own entrance. Um, and then she was like. She's like weirdly excited because like she hugged Bianca. She feels out of place in all of this, in my opinion. Um, and this ending, yeah. Well, so so Becky, they should have had the entrance. Oh, like they they should have popped that off. The the crowd loved when she came in there. It looked like Bianca was le- legitimately surprised. Great great response there. I like that. Um, but it would have been better to have her come down the ramp, out on stage with like a bat or something i don't know and the ending after the double moonsault was uh it was the spider-man meme they hit the moonsault they stopped they looked at each other they might as well pointed at each other and then they just stood there for a long time and then it looked like eo was about to attack her and then it went off air i was like what the hell was that yeah i Overall, I didn't hate this episode of SmackDown, but there were some really like cringe moments. Um, and yeah, the way that a lot of this was handled, like, couldn't couldn't have we had this before the the LA Knight him Jim match? You know, maybe. Yeah, and we could have ended the show with LA Knight and Cody pandering to the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. But alas, that's not what we got. Um, so yeah, that is this episode of Friday Night SmackDown. Now, we had a much less eventful uh, NXT this past Tuesday than some of the ones that we've been having in the past. I guess some of the major things that we can go over. Um, Chase U is falling apart. I don't know what the fuck is fully going on there. I still want to know what's inside the envelope. Um, but they lose the tag team championship back to the family. And uh, I guess the most surprising thing out of all of this is like JC Jane legitimately is invested in Chase U. And it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm going to kind of... Like they were throughout the show, random segments. I'm kind of just going to talk about all my thoughts of everything regarding Chase U. Um, shit, right? Like at, at the very end, it gave me a small glimpse, glimmer of hope, some might say. But it starts off with, you know, like the paparazzi, like on the news, you know, what happened? What's going on? You know, this, what, whether it's this conspiracy or this investigation that's going on. And I'm like, did I miss a week? Like, did they murder somebody and something happened last week that this is so like it's on the news and the news people got to come interview. I was like, what the hell happened? Right. I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something. But all that happened was like a weird envelope that nobody knows anything about. Right. So I was like, I feel like this this escalated quite a bit. And like during the match like the crowd is not behind chase you anymore obviously they're probably plants right just like the original chase you people were but they're like booing and they're like let's go chase you or whatever and they're like no and i'm like okay and like that's part of the reason they lost the match because the guy he does his little chase you stomps give me a c give me an h and they're like no and then 
And then they walked out. Like people are walking out. And I'm like, this is the first match. This is the first. Okay. Two notes. I don't think it's a good look to show people walking out on your show. Cause then it's like if they what they paid to get in here and they're like, wow, yikes, we don't we don't like Chase you, so we're leaving. If I'm sitting at home and or if I, you know, if I have think that they really did something, I'm like, I shouldn't support this. This should be canceled. What did they do? Like, what are you talking? Like, I don't think that's a good thing. And he looks like an idiot because he got distracted because some people walked out. So you don't even have composure to wrestle. Like, you're what do you mean? And like he gets pinned because of that. And this whole time, I thought JC Jane or Thea Hale was going to be the reason they lost these titles because they're the reason Thea Hale lost. They threw in the towel. We forgot about that, I guess. Uh, and like they all, all of them get in the ring after the family leaves with the new tag titles. And I was like, oh, okay, they're all getting in the ring. Looks like we're going to have like, like a turn, a segment or something. Cause why else would you? lose and you're outside of the ring and the other team celebrating you should leave why would you get back in the ring nope commercial break and that's that that was what happened after the match and i think later in the night chase uh mr chase is running away and the car comes and picks him up and it looked like only jc was in the car and i'm like are they dating like if they're dating and we get chase you to turn heel cool and I think Mr. Chase, he gained some points for me for his performance in this match because it clicked to me. He's basically the Orange Cassidy of NXT. So, ooh, don't don't do Orange like that. He deserves a better comparison. I mean, the way he, I mean, he this was a good match for for Mr. Chase in my opinion. Like like he he went pretty hard in this match. Yeah, but Orange Cassidy's just got such a, a a history to him at this point. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, come on. I, I feel you, but come on. I just compared Ridge to to Brock, right? I, I don't feel like it's, you know if I'm if that's if that's all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, if we're, if we're gonna we're gonna circle back to that, I'll gi- I'll give you that those two comparisons are of the same ilk. But that was that was all I got for. This Chase U crap. I don't know if you got any other thoughts on them. Not really. You know, what I really take away from it is, like I said, this whole thing with JC Jane is really interesting because obviously she comes in like the bad girl and whatnot. And she like is trying to turn Thea Hale, but ends up getting sucked into it instead. And then, you know, she's the one that looked in the envelope. So like it makes sense to me that like she's uh, kind of like, backing up Mr. Chase here because she's done some shit in her past and she saw whatever it is. Like she probably knows the truth of all of this. And uh, I thought it was very impactful having the uh, chase you student section, like slowly exit the match. Um, Now, I'm assuming this is the case, but I've read multiple times previously that most of those people are like other trainees at the performance center. Like they're wrestlers, like uh, Maxine Dupree's boyfriend is one usually and whatnot. Like they're training, but we don't ever actually see them in the ring. That's what the student section is mostly comprised of, which is why they're like usually super animated over the top. But um, yeah, so like that, that walkout was pretty impactful too. 
Yeah, we needed, you know, I, I guess they really just want to go hard on this story because they're they're making it seem super serious. I can say that. And you know what? Like I, I was traditionally not into Chase U because to me, like it's such a niche, um, faction. Because like to me, you it, it can only exist in a training center, like environment. You can't put a faction like that on the main roster, and it's just like, you know, it's like uh, watching high school anime. You know what I mean? It's just like that. It's just so far removed from the reality of most of the lives of the people watching this that it's it gets to a point where it's hard to connect to, or hard to buy into, or invest in, and whatnot. But now that we got this like drama going on, that there's some sort of controversy that we don't know what it is yet. It kind of brings a little bit more spice for me. Yeah, I'm, I, I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know what's in the envelope. I want to know who's with who, who's not with who, who's turning on who, who's going to be friends with who. I, I'm still interested to see where this goes. I just, I just felt, you know, it just felt super escalated, like out of zero to a hundred real, real quick, as some might say. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've also got uh, another female in the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. We had Lash Legend beating Roxanne Perez. What? Yo, I like for the women's matches that we've been having lately have all been lower than mid because you know not no slight but they're you know pressure trainees this is the developmental brand and the breakout tournament these are you know people that most people have seen this is their first time seeing them wrestle and i i I personally never seen lash legend wrestle ever and man like i thought for what this was this was a really good match i you know I'm trying to think if I ever saw her. I've I've seen her interfere. I feel like that's all I've ever seen of her is just interfere. Um, so I think this was the first like quote unquote match I've seen of her. And you know what? To be honest, beating somebody like Roxanne Perez is pretty impressive. Again, like it's it's with metaphor involved. Let's not fully kid ourselves. And we also had Kiana James getting involved here as well as that saga continues. But, you know, we're going to see. Uh, I mean, there's a few ways to look at it. First off, they need some fodder for this Iron Survivor match because really there's only going to be two or three particular women competing for it. It's the rest of it is just going to be, you know, like the the uh, the battle royale of the women that we just had. You know, you gotta you gotta stick Maxine and Ivy Nile and all these other randos in here to to have somebody for Nia Jax's squash. You know what I mean? Like, so Lash Legend's going to be one of those. Let's let's not kid ourselves. But uh, it's still a bit of a statement win for her. For sure, for sure. But let's let's get some details on the segment of the night the supernova sessions with alpha, alpha academy. academy oh my god Arigato! this is the best thing on the show man like this i could have watched an hour of this like what do you think about this shit i mean dude it's alpha academy it there you could put them all just on a couch and just have them like watch the tv screen 
and I, I, I would be content. That's all I can say. Man, they're hitting the classic Alpha Academy. Thank you in the shoes. Like Otis was like he was on. Like when he comes down to NXT, he he hits something right. He hits the pre workout. You know, he puts a couple extra scoops in there because he's oh, feeling. Yeah. Man, he was dancing to the ring. Um, he's there like just hips thrusting any opportunity that he had. Um, meta everything and everything that metaphor was saying was just great. You know, kept calling uh Noam Dar the championi. I really like that. Even uh Lash Legend, because I don't really see her talk too often. She threw some nice lines in there. She what did she call herself? The bougie bully. Um, I like that one. She's like talking about I I got this on lock. So she's trying to be, you know, cool. Otis um, took a little bit of a liking to her. Dude, I I don't know if you could do that, right? But <laughs> man, yeah, Otis was like, you, what did he say? He said like, uh, you can you can tell me whatever you want anytime, and he was just going crazy. And all of metaphor, Noam Dar is absolutely disgusted. They're calling security. <laughs> that was that was so good. Um, but it you know it all comes down to. Otis kind of stepping up after Noam Dar is talking mess and you know he's got to stick up for Tazawathan as Otis said and he's like you know that I really I really like that you know I you know maybe we got your next challenger right here and you know Noam Dar's like yeah okay why don't why don't you why don't you tell me some more about this uh this challenger that you have and then Maxine speaks this whole segment, man, they knew what they were doing because she gets up. <laughs> she said, "This your challenger. He has a big gas tank that can go, go, go. He's got a huge appetite, and his hips don't lie. What is it? He can um, his, his hips, hips can, can lift a thousand pounds. <laughs> there you go. And Otis is going crazy. He's thrusting his life on." Uh, his life out, and they say he's an Olympian, and then Noam Dar stops. He's like, wait, wait, he's a former NXT and Raw Tag Team Champion, and Noam Dar's like, huh, wait, hold on. Wait, he's a former SmackDown Tag Team Champion, <laughs> and they're like, whoa, 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 and you know, the challenger is actually Chad Gable, and then Otis is in the background, oh, no, no take-backs, no take-backs. <laughs> Thank you. And and then they all just start hitting the nasty dance as as Nomdar he passes out, but he's got the little headset bike on, right? So he passes out. He's like, oh, but then he's laying in the couch, and you can still hear him moaning as they're just doing the nasty dance, and it's about to cut to commercial. And Otis, he must have like they probably told him commercial too early because he starts hitting like out, like starts rolling his fists like the rolling on the river. And he was just like, man, I can only imagine what that was like once uh, we cut to commercial for the live crowd. So I, a couple couple things on this is like, is Chad going to win the Heritage Cup? And then this is how we get it involved in the main roster? Because like, I don't see Noam Dar with any amount of interference beating a Gable sensei. Yeah, like first I thought, because as I was said, you know, I'd be 
the champion if it wasn't for metaphor and then the crowd big pop there and i was like are we going to get a match where people are barred no and then otis stepped up and i was like okay otis is the next rung on the ladder but i'm like i couldn't see noam dar even beating otis so i'm like i couldn't have like i was like i don't know where they go with that i've i don't see otis taking the cup but i don't see noam dar beating him and but now we got gable and it better not be a back down to NXT deal. Let's let's give Gable the Heritage Cup because I feel like he would make great use of these quote unquote rounds matches. You know, he could be like he could just wrestle fools. If, if you know, if this suits him, shit, bro. Then we get like a Xavier Woods Gable uh, Heritage Cup match with the rounds, and they're just shoot wrestling for the whole time. Oh, dude, that would be that would be some really good shit. Oh my god! And if if we can do the sneak stuff on NXT, like we could get Butch, we could get Tyler Bate. Like those would be great uh, matches off the bat. He's on Raw singles on matches team. for Julius and Brutus. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, shit. Let's have him go at Otis. Let's get some some you know. Let's let's get some competition. Let's watch him hit the Chaos Theory on Otis. Oh my god. Ooh, 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 those hips, man. I don't know. I don't know. He can't lift those hips. He said a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds, they said. Yeah, and you know what? They were talking about Gable's hips, though. That's what I'm talking about. Gable, he can, with his hips, he can easily chuck uh, Otis. 330-pound Otis who can bench press 600 pounds. All right. I like where we're going here. It just made it just made the jet season being over so much better. Oh man, um, we get like a whole bunch of tag team crap. Uh, I think Brooks and Jensen are breaking up soon. And uh, during the segment, Tony D said "ass," something about "ass," but Shotzi couldn't say "ass," so I had to. I wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, he could say it on NXT, but Shotzi can't say it on SmackDown. Maybe it's a Fox issue. Maybe. Um, and this next segment, I bought my ticket, not to paradise, but to the train of hating Xia Lee. Thank you. My, Dude, my, my it, the train is endless. There are plenty of open seats. They don't even stamp your ticket. We're just really welcoming here. So enjoy. Thank you, sir. Um, great accommodations here. I got, I got the first class ticket because this tea ceremony was just I had to stop myself because some very violent anger words were about to exude from my mouth. But why? Like, you just gonna have some tea? That's it? That's it. It's, it's literally just tea. I was actually into the show because, like, the tag match and the drama and then Alpha Academy and, okay, whatever. We get some other stuff. And then we see this and... I just like I this literally killed the entire the rest of the show for me. I literally stopped caring about the show 100% when this happened. It sucked the soul out of me and not in the good way. It was I don't know why this had to happen. Is she going to have tea with Becky? <laughs> like what the hell is it was the point of this? Uh, uh, you just went a little Otis there on us. <laughs> I just lied that one right on in there. <laughs> uh I I honestly like I don't even want to talk about this because like Again, when you boo somebody, like it's is as far as creative is concerned, it's just as good as cheering. Like eliciting a reaction from the audience is good. 
Doesn't matter if it's booze, doesn't matter if it's cheers. If you get a reaction, it's good. I want no reaction, Azali. I want silence. I want absolute fucking crickets every time this girl enters the building. I don't want cheers. I don't want booze. I want silence. That is the only way to make sure that creative just buries this girl. You know, I just, just please, please do us all a favor and, and get this girl off my screen. And, and my last comment was it sounds like her train like we we might as well be Lyra Valkyrie's trainers because they're watching tape and they're like oh oh yeah look at look at those kicks yeah she's got some kicks <laughs> that's, that's what we've been saying that's that's all she's got and Lyra yeah. yeah I I just I just can't get I just can't get kicked oh okay that's so stupid I'm this shit got me slept bro well and what I find interesting here is. Zia Lee fights Becky on Monday and Lyra on Tuesday. There's no way she's winning both of those matches. I'm, it, I'm just curious, like, how, like, what, is she going to win any of them? Or is she going to get handed two L's in a row and then she's just going to be done? And then she, and you can't catch two L's and then go support damage control at Survivor Series. <laughs> like, I don't think she's going to be a part of it. No, and what worries me is they're going to give her a win. And also what worries me is they're not going to give her the NXT title, so that win would have to be against Becky. And... Oh my God. This is coming to me. What's that? She's going to kick Becky in the head. Medi- Medical is not going to clear Becky for the War Games match, and we're going to get the debut of Jade Cargill. Okay, okay, okay. I like that. I like that a lot, because I was just thinking, what's going to happen? She's just not going to kick anybody? Because obviously if she kicks them, they die, like the past two women, or did these past two women just have soft heads? Like, if they had soft heads, they shouldn't have been cleared to wrestle, period. <laughs> But I'm sorry, but you're diagnosed with a soft head. <laughs> like, but but you're good to wrestle. Just just don't get kicked in the soft spot, and you're good. Zaylee, maybe she like that's her superpower. She could see the soft spot. I just you know I kind of want her to fight Nia Jax and have her kick Nia Jax in the head, and Nia does nothing. Like she just stands there. And then she kicks her again in the head, and Nia still just stands there. And then Nia breaks her nose, and then maybe that's how that's how this girl disappears. <laughs> so it's it's like fully in the universe that Nia is Samoan, right? She hits the Samoan drop. She got bet, like hard headbutts. Let's let's have her fight Nia, and when she kicks her, she actually hurts her foot. There you go. <laughs> there we go. I like this. I like where we're going with this. I also don't know that Nia Jax is actually Samoan. I'm going to have to look that up. She, I think uh, she related to The Rock. Is she? I, I Legit, I think she like a cousin or something. Uh, second cousin once removed. She is of German and Samoan descent. So, That's yeah. a wild combo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Second a lot of anger. Maybe that's why she's removed. so angry. Her father, Joseph, was Johnson's grandfather's cousin. <laughs> so her father 
was the rock's grandfather's cousin <laughs> uh, she's in the bloodline there you go and hey that's how you beef it up bro that's why is she not on smackdown and in the bloodline we could use a female presence in the bloodline that could spice the story up yeah, I uh, all right. Like I've been kind of enjoying Naya in a return, and like even her bad dry acting of just Zoe squashed, Shayna squashed. Like do that in the Bloodline, dude. Yeah, so let's get a, a mixed tag match with Roman and Naya against anybody, so that Roman could be Roman like, and Naya versus Cody and Lenite. Lenite squashed. Cody squashed. Yeah, we need to get Roman Reigns adding that to his uh, his speech. First, she's going to squash you. Then I'm going to squash you. <laughs> Ooh, ah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. Uh, um, but, wow. yeah, man, this that was whatever we good thing we got on that tangent to get away from what we were talking about we'll continue to move on so we can continue to forget all of that um, yeah yeah let's 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 not there's some trick mellow stuff i i don't really i mean the the stuff after the match was more important than this backstage segment we get some the girls backstage and nope i mean kiana james is trying to be relevant still this leads to a uh Gigi Dolan, Ariana Grace match later, and somebody says ass again during this segment. I don't remember who it was. Somebody talking about getting your ass whooped, and I'm like, that's twice. But okay. Yeah, we also get a unfortunate involvement of uh, Lexus King in here. You're talking to Baron Corbin for like, right? Yeah, yeah. And I I guess Lexus King has got to get some friends eventually. And I suppose Lexus, uh, Baron Corbin would make sense because they're both assholes, except one of them is actually a likable asshole with some ability in the ring and the other is not. Yeah, one's a, a cool guy who likes to make steaks and the other guy is a guy who pretends he does things that have a lot of meaning when actually he's done nothing. And that's the storyline, his wrestling career and real life. Man, do I hate the guy this much? I oh, God, I feel I kind of feel bad. <laughs> do you hope that he gets an infection and they have to amputate his leg? I don't hope all that. I hope he gets an <laughs> infection and they have to amputate his beard. That's what I hope. <laughs> Well, the good news is, is it's not even real. It's painted on. So you can just, you know, go at it with a sponge a little bit and it just might disappear. There you go. They got to wipe that shit down. Um, but it looks like we're going to get Braun Breaker and Dijak. That should be fun whenever we get to see them. Yeah, those are those are two beefy men. We also had the return of Eddie Thorpe, and I was excited to see him back. I, I like his... Uh, his native aesthetic and whatnot. It's something that we don't always get very often. It's unique. I'm glad it's not over the top like Tatanka. You know, I'm glad it's not yeah, all of yeah. that. But really, um, he, he says, yeah, the last time y'all saw me was when I won that strap match. And I was like, you won? Why were you gone so long? I thought he beat the shit out of you and you was on the shelf. You won that match? How do you win? And... Dijak still feels at a higher place than him. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I also remember that match kind of sucking in the grand scheme of strap matches. So there's that too. I just remember him yelling at that little girl and I'm like, I don't I, I don't remember the guy winning. That's sad. Yeah, me neither. But the funny thing is, like you said, coming away from that, if we were to just go off the last few NXTs, you would have expected Dijak to win that. Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Dijak. I'm not going to get into that. He disrespected other- the tree, though, man. The tree, no, dude. He, he could have had a bigger belt. He could have had like a weight belt like Cody has. Not a tiny little belt. I'm so done, man. Honestly, like if this was 15, 20 years ago, he would have brought out an axe and chopped that bitch down. <laughs> yeah, they say we can't. That's too much. Oh my God. And speaking of like stuff being weird, that was too much. Um, before I talk a minute about that Brutes OTM match, which was whatever. What the hell was this Joe Gacy thing? Why did they make it feel like he was killing himself? Like, why would they put that on air? I mean, maybe he's going to get a new cult around killing yourself or something. It We're going to was- get a Netflix documentary on it soon. It, like I don't, I didn't, I didn't like that because then they, it made it look like he was gonna, like he jumped off the building or he was gonna jump off the building, and then the the announcer is like, "Oh my God, somebody get him off the top of the building!" And I'm like, "That's not appropriate. Maybe that's just a me thing, but I don't, I don't think suicide is like a a thing we should just kind of joke about on this. I I don't know. Maybe that's maybe, just uh, maybe we should consult Logan Paul on that. Yeah, he might uh might have some experience to uh provide some you know knowledge there. Yeah, and then I guess we got like two more matches. Gigi Dolan versus Ariana Grace was whatever Gigi Dolan wins. Um and then we had our quote unquote main event. We had the in ring return of Wes Lee, man, going up against Baron Corbin. A bit of a size mismatch here. Big man, small man. What, you know, exactly what you can expect. I love Baron Corbin's moveset. So he hit all his, you know, cool, fun stuff on his moves. But eventually, Wes Lee goes to jump over the top, take the guy out, and. Baron Corbin gets saved and pushed out of the way from Wesley's dive by Dirty Dom, which leads to Wesley being distracted, eating the end of days for the one, two, three. Wesley gets beat down after the match. Dirty Dom went MIA. Dragonov comes down to save him, but Corbin ends up hitting Dragonov with the end of days, and Corbin is standing on top, and Dragonov is dying. On like against the ropes, he's always he's always in such dire pain every time he gets into a fight. But he says, Baron, you've made a great mistake. Now you need to live with those consequences. If it's a match you want so bad, you got it. And I shall see you at deadline. Should be a good match, I guess. Yeah, uh, obviously Dragonov is going to win because he ain't losing Baron Corbin. And uh, that's all I need to know. But, um, oh, we, and then we had a weird Von Wagner promo with Robert Stone. They're, they're pushing them. Um, they're pushing the OT or the, the Brutes won over OTM, who I thought they were pushing. And it looks like 
does iffy things with the brute so that was weird but my last comment of this entire show during that grace uh dolan match that dolan won she won with a different move it looked like she was trying to do the sos by kofi kingston but she did it different and worse so that was this episode of nxt for me it so it actually kind of looked like um whoa the the girl who like just retired in japan the the quetzalcoatl like it oh. looked like a bad version of that to me i get what you're saying i get what you're saying i i, I could see where, how you got that it's like some sort of side cradle slam thing i don't know but yeah Gigi's not like acrobatic enough to handle that and then also ariana grace ain't exactly um you know, a, a seasoned veteran that would know how to help her. So, yeah, maybe it has potential, but it was a bad spot to use it in, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, the, I forgot. To, I wanted to say this as well. During the Lash Legend and Roxanne uh, Perez match, there's in no universe that I can. This is what I always talk about with the big man, little man thing. And the only thing I could think of is there's like a meme or like a picture where there's like this big redhead chick holding like some small chick against the wall. If you know what I'm talking about, that's that's what this match was. That's what I saw. And I was like, that's uh, I guess that's what we're doing. That is indeed what we did. All right, my dog, take us home. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was a great-ish episode of SmackDown and some action on NXT. We will catch you next time. And don't forget, looks like SmackDown will be on FS1 next week, right before, you know, the PLE. But until then, stay safe and enjoy the day. Yeah, and make sure your hips can lift a thousand pounds. 1K all day. Deuces, deuces. Peace.